Hi all, it's time. <laughs> I can't seem to save my life, so there's no chance in hell I'll ever hit that Mariah Carey note. But anywho, welcome or welcome back to a short erotic sex story written and told by Lala's Bedtime Tells. But Christmas is ho, ho, literally ho. a week away. So I will get you all in a very festive mood to make this a hotter and better Christmas for you. As always, I ask that you please leave me your favorite erotica writer and storytelling podcaster a five-star rating and review. So I'll know you love this podcast and other erotica lovers will be able to find the sexy podcast too. If you're a Spotify listener, please show me some extra love by letting me know your thoughts on these episodes in the Spotify interaction section. Also, I love naughty, nasty, dirty talk as much as the next person, but please keep it PG-13 so I can share your voice with the world. Please be sure to subscribe to my podcast to be alerted whenever there's a new sexy audio erotic tale for you to listen to for your pleasure. Also, don't be shy. I am super excited to hear your thoughts on my stories. Feel free to slide in my DMs on Facebook and Instagram and let me know your thoughts on Lala's Bedtime Tales Erotic Stories Podcast. Do you want to help support Lala's Bedtime Tales Erotic Stories Podcast so I can keep bringing you all a high quality audio erotica experience? If you can't get enough of the podcast but want more erotic, spicy, and entertaining and educational content, join Lala's Bedtime Tales Patreon. Also, if you join my Patreon now, you'll be eligible for a holiday VIP exclusive access deal. I'm running until the end of 2023. If you sign up for at least the $5 baby girl exclusive access tier, you'll have access to my upcoming workshop and all future workshops as long as you remain a patron at the $5 tier or higher. And I'm planning at least four love and sex advice workshops a year, so you don't want to miss this deal. That's, of course, on top of the ad-free early access podcast episodes, voting rights for the continuation of podcast stories you want more of, behind-the-scenes content, bonus episodes, and so much more. Check out the show notes to join my Patreon today. Do you want sexual health education and expert love and sex advice? For those that don't know, I'm also a sexual health educator and love relationship and sex coach. So if you want to level up your love and sex life and unlock the secrets to having more pleasure in the bedroom, follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Get ready for a sexy holiday story that will leave you dripping wet. Enjoy. It's time for Lala's Bedtime Tales. Grab your wine, dim the lights, and get ready to listen to an oh-so-sexy bedtime story. I'm Lala, and I want to tell you an erotic story guaranteed to turn you on and get you hot and bothered. So, listen up. Howdy sexy, it's one of the most festive and 
horniest times of the year. Therefore, I'm gifting you with a hot cowboy Christmas romance. My biggest stress reliever right now is binge watching Yellowstone on Peacock, which inspired this very sexy holiday story. Katori Yellowtail is a badass bitch that's obsessed with living on the wild and very dangerous side. But will she be in for the ride of her life this Christmas? Listen up to find out how buck wild Katori's Christmas will get this year. Who let these buckle bunnies think they're tough enough to ride these bulls? A loud, obnoxious male voice rings out from the crowd. Some boo him, but not enough to drown out the laughs, hoops, and hollers of those in the crowd that agree with him. I roll my shoulders back, cracking my neck from side to side, trying not to allow my temper to get the best of me. I wish the WPRA held topless mechanical bull riding comps. I'm sure everyone here would love to see you topless, Yellowtail. I know I would. Another gross prick yells from the rodeo audience. I swing my arms from side to side because, nope, I'm not going to let them get in my head. My career meant everything. I couldn't let my rage loose and risk causing a PR nightmare. I'm barely starting to gain my traction back from the three-year hiatus I'd been forced to take from professional bull riding when my mother died, forcing me and my brother to put our dream careers on hold to travel back to our hometown to take care of our younger siblings and our family ranch and business, the dream catcher bed and breakfast. But when I didn't think our lives could get any worse, it took a horrific nosedive, spiraling out of control like a plane with a deranged pilot, leading us into a turbulent storm of chaos. The bills were piling up, stack by stack, and covering every free surface of our home as a reminder that we were drowning in debt. It became an unbearable, annoying reminder every time I had to push a bill away to find a free space to sit cook, or brainstorm ways to keep our family business afloat. Those big, red, angry termination letters stamped on the envelopes with the pink notices sealed inside constantly taunted me that I was in over my head without my mother. I knew I had to do something that I was actually good at to bring in money because running a bed and breakfast and a cattle ranch were clearly not my calling or in my blood. Almost like the rancher gene mutated into something that caused me to be an adrenaline junkie, seeking thrills I could only find sitting astride a bucking bull. So I called up my agent and asked if he could get me into some local circuits. Stepping back into the rim rock where most of the rodeo events take place was like coming home. Even if at 30, People thought I had no business riding bulls, especially as a Native American woman who was nearing retirement age in this sport. Yet everything was riding on this, and I couldn't be another letdown in my younger siblings' lives. Not like Utah, our older brother who failed me, and even worse, them. My mother would be turning over in her grave if she knew how much of a fucking mess Utah and my life had become. She never liked me bull riding. But I had no other choice. Katori Yellowtail, 
rings out loud over the speakers as the announcer yells my name, giving the details of my upcoming competition in the women's bull riding event. I was a pretty big damn deal in the national rodeo circuits before taking a hiatus, and now every major media outlet has been covering me this year as the greatest comeback story. (laughs) It was actually comical because only time would tell if I live up to that internet headline. I had quite a few sweeps, winning or placing second. Each win or place in the top three equaling a payday I desperately needed. Seeing the money hit my bank account was an instant muscle relaxer, slowly easing the tension from my body that had been wound so tight over the past few years. Tonight was the last rodeo competition before Christmas, and I had worked tirelessly Paying for the ability to compete in this bull riding competition with blood, sweats, and tears. I looked up at the scoreboard, realizing 75 was the score to beat. Whether by luck or contrivance, I had drawn Outlaw's Revenge, one of the meanest fuckers in the rodeo. But I was going home with that W. Nothing was going to stand between me and that prize money. I was going to stay on that bull until the eight second buzzard sounded. They didn't think I'd be able to do it because I'm a girl who stands at only five foot two, making me no match for an over 1,000 pound raging beast. I give the taunting crowd a smirk because I love being underestimated. The rodeo clowns and crew are prepping the arena for my ride. I stand behind the chutes tuning out the hum of the crowd resonating in the cool December breeze, a symphony of anticipation, excitement, and drunken catcalls. I close my eyes, mentally preparing for my moment with Outlaw's Revenge. I take a deep breath, inhaling my favorite two scents, dust and leather. The distinctive calming sense of the rodeo grounded me in this huge, intimidating arena. After a few more deep, measured breaths, it's like the rhythmic thumping of my heart syncs with the rodeo music, echoing the distant, loud, sped-up beat. I can't hear anything above the roaring of my heartbeat, as if I'm in a sound bath. It's the calm before the storm, the moment when I'm only attuned to the task at hand, making Outlaw's Revenge my little bitch. I approach the chute. My focus sharpens, my nerves a haphazard adrenaline rush, my boots stirring up the fine dust beneath me. Outlaw's Revenge, a gorgeous chestnut brown and bronze bull, a mass of raw power and pulsating energy, grunts and shifts restlessly in the narrow confines, aching the burst out and start one hell of a fight. The smell of the hay and the bull's musk intensify, filling my nostrils as I climb onto the metal bars, straddling Outlaw's Revenge, a bulking beast of a creature that will soon burst into a fury of motion beneath my body. The adrenaline now coursing through my veins, giving me a high better than any strand of marijuana. The thrill of sitting astride a bull creates a shot of dopamine to my head better than any orgasm I've had over the past few years. My heart beats hard and fiercely against my breastbone like the pounding of a war drum. I vigorously rub the pieces of hair that have fallen from my ponytail, 
realizing they must have come loose earlier when fighting to fasten the black helmet, a vital piece of bull riding protective gear, to my head. These long, loose black hair strands are now obstructing my vision. I have to swat roughly against my jaw because a piece gets stuck on the sticky pink shimmery gloss on my lips because, of course, being a woman, I'm dolled up before every ride in the tightest Wranglers, a button-down green blouse that complements my skin tone and clings to my breasts because sex sells, especially if you're a woman in a male-dominant sport that needs to find ways to draw a crowd out because it's a fight to get people to keep their asses in the seats during the women's division of rodeo events. I tighten the rosin on my riding glove. Feeling the rough texture beneath my fingertips, I hold the rosin tight in my glove like a hot, sexy lover I don't want to let go of, which causes my glove to creak slightly from the flexing on my hand. I wound the rope as tight as possible, the knot securing me to the powerhouse beast beneath me. I hold up my hand, the tension between me and Outlaw's Revenge rising. He snorts and paws the ground, amping himself up for the impending battle. His anger vibrates off of him, raising the temperature of the chute to sweltering temperatures that have me second-guessing if it's truly a December snow day. The muscles in my thighs twitch with anticipation, mimicking the restlessness of the beast beneath me, causing me to frantically whisper words of encouragement to myself, being my own hype man while trapped in a tight space made only of steel bars that don't offer nearly enough protection from a beast that can rip me to shreds. I feel my heart begin to calm, a sign that I am ready for whatever the next eight seconds hold. Right on cue, my heart rate soars to new heights in a matter of seconds due to the sudden release of the gate and the world outside blurs. And all that remains is me and the bull as Outlaw's Revenge explodes into action. The first few moments are always a whirlwind of sheer terror and thrills. Outlaw's Revenge bucks, jumps, and spins in the air, trying his damnedest to rid himself of me. The parasite on his back. Ha, not today, buddy. My body reacts instinctively to the dance of balance and reaction I've practiced relentlessly in the training pen. There are a few times within the eye of the storm when the bull twists and turns beneath me so hard that I have to fight to keep my hand raised and stay poised astride his back, each erratic moment of his a test of my strength and will. Time stretches and contracts in the rodeo arena. The crowd is a colorful, blurred rainbow as I'm overtaken by a chaotic whirlwind of dust, hooves, and flying mane. I still have some time to go because the eight-second buzzard hasn't sounded yet. I hold on to the bull for dear life, no longer feeling like a separate being from Outlaw's Revenge, but only an extension of his primal force beneath me. I've become a living, swinging pendulum in harmony with the wild beast. My muscles become sore, and my grip is not as firm and strong as earlier. Every last second of the eight-second mark drags by slowly, feeling like a cruel eternity. 
I see her beautiful jade green eyes, her long braided ponytail that hangs down her back and the gap between her front teeth. Using the image of her to keep me sane on top of the bull that redoubles his efforts to try to unseat me. Fuck. My palms slipped and I feel weightless for an instant before gravity takes over and the unforgiving ground rushes up to meet me. The hard impact is always jarring. A collision of flesh and dirt that knocks the wind out of me, leaving me breathless and feeling as if I've gone 10 rounds with Tyson Fury. I slam the ground hard with my fist from disappointment and I hope that I had the longest ride tonight, even if I fell short of that goddamn buzzard. I quickly roll to my feet and run to safety behind the shoes. I glance at the scoreboard and a score of 85 lights up next to my name. My heart grows 10 sizes from the sight of my victory. Fuck yes, I scream, releasing the first real breath since walking into that rodeo arena. This last win of the year has secured me into the regional championship, but also it gives me hope I won't have to sacrifice my younger brother and sister's Christmas in an effort to keep our ranch from being foreclosed, but only time and calculations will tell. Unfortunately, my happiness is short-lived. As I approach the locker room, ice-cold chills slide down my spine causing every one of my hairs to stand on edge as my skin pimples with goosebumps. I profusely blink, hoping that if I blink hard enough and fast enough, the mirage in front of me will disappear. Instead, one of the many regrets from my past confidently strides towards me, his stupidly handsome face marred by an expression of rage. My dear husband, what brings you back to Yellowstone River Valley? I tease, crossing my arms across my chest, trying to look everywhere except at how hot my biggest foe and the best sex of my life is. Even though I haven't seen him in 11 years since that drunken night in Vegas when we professed our love and stupidly got married after I placed second in the PBR and he fucked my brains out. He grabs me by the arm, my nipples hardening, my clitoris throbbing from the feeling of his strong, warm hand around my upper arm, the heat of his body burning through my long sleeve button down. He pushes me roughly against the wall in the secluded corner he manages to drag me into, his arms above my head, boxing me in, standing over a foot taller than me, his face so close to mine, if I moved my mouth, I'd kiss his beautiful, wide pink lips. I bite my tongue, holding back a whimper of wanting to fill his mouth and hands all over my body, even after all these years. My pussy always throbs in a desperate begging plea to let his dick fill her up with a rough, hard, and hate-filled fuck. Where my estranged husband is concerned, my body always wants what my mind never thinks is good for us. You were insignificant to me then. I damn sure don't like you now, so don't fucking call me your husband, especially not aloud. I tried calling and texting you, but you haven't answered. I've paid a lot of money to keep our marriage under wraps, 
But the bigger my show becomes on the Food Network, the more people are snooping around, especially since my PR team wants to market me as the hot bachelor chef. This stupid mistake will not ruin my career. We're getting a fucking divorce, especially since your debt collectors keep calling me. Meet me at the Sagebrush Sip and Saddle Bar. Don't keep me waiting. I had to fly all the way from fucking Los Angeles and cancel my Tulum Christmas plans to sort our shit out. The gorgeous celebrity chef, Raphael Chevalier, barks at me. It sounds like I have more to gain going to TMZ than divorcing you. And like you pointed out, I really need the money. It's your fault we're still married, so maybe I'm not quite ready for that divorce until I can see how much I can cash in, not only being married to a celebrity now, but also cashing in on Yellowstone royalty by being me wifey to the heir of Chevalier Cattle Co. It's beginning to look like Christmas came early for me with a hefty windfall. I respond, smiling at him sweetly, a sweet smell as deadly as cyanide where wrath is concerned. If only that bull had trampled you. To think I paid a few hundreds for you to draw outlaw's revenge. All my Christmas wishes would have been answered. But I see your luck hasn't run out since you're still competing in this reckless fucking sport. We need to deal with this shit between us for good. So don't keep me fucking waiting tonight, Katori. Raph whispers loudly against my ear, causing my body to shudder as desire courses through my veins. He's gone as quickly as he arrived. I can still feel the warmth of his touch, and my nostrils are filled with the lingering scent of bergamot and citrus that wafts off his body, causing my nipples to harden. Great. Now I had to add my jackass husband to my list of shitty things I needed to fix within a week before Christmas. Literally, I'd been so naughty this year that Santa decided I deserved more than a lump of coal and expedited me Raphael Chevalier, the equivalent of getting a flaming pile of dog shit delivered to my front porch. A myriad of emotions coursed through me. It starts with an overwhelming feeling of humiliation. The humiliation that's lived in the darkest place of me and scarred my soul. You see, I loved Raphael before he became hot. In middle school, he was quiet, chubby, and obsessed with cooking and baking. We would have an absolute blast together, trying new recipes and experimenting with flavors. Before I knew it, I found myself in love with Raphael after he danced with me at our 8th grade school dance. As if we were trapped in an overplayed, cheesy, 90s teen comedy, my nerdy, chubby best friend became hot. Having his summer glow up before high school began, leaving me in the dust and only hanging out with me when he could find the time away from his hot, popular crew, which I didn't belong to. It was a no-brainer junior year that he'd be the one to take my virginity, even if he had sworn me to secrecy about all of our hot hookups 
The hottest ones taking place in the storage closet are after hours at this very bar. Sagebrush Sip and Saddle. It was our special hideaway. It was one of the many bars that the Chevalier family owned in our little rural community. Hell, the Chevaliers owned everything in Yellowstone River Valley that the eye could see and beyond. Therefore, Ralph would always get the keys to this very bar to fuck me in secret. I can't shake the humiliation of always being Raphael's dirty little secret, including our sham of a marriage. For Ralph, I'm always something to hide and never to be marveled or shown off to those around him, which makes my blood boil with white, hot rage. <laughs> it's funny how quickly a silly crush can turn into what feels like your first and greatest love that easily crosses the line into the territory of hate. I was so excited, hoping I'd prove myself worthy of hearing Ralph call me his girlfriend when we were 19 and he traveled to Vegas to watch me compete in the PBR World Bull Riding Championship. But I was so very wrong. What went from a joke of an idea of getting married turned into a real deal event with Elvis walking me down the aisle and all. I could still feel the disappointment of waking up, hungover and confused, lonely in the hotel room with only a diamond ring and the few memories I could recall of our wedding. Adding insult to injury, I received a cold, callous call telling me we were two dumb kids playing around. We didn't have a real love for one another. And when I got back into town, I needed to stop by Sagebrush Sip and Saddle to sign the divorce papers. It was never a game to me. Even if that were all he ever considered me. But at 19, I was tired of being yanked around and wanted to move on and meet someone who actually wanted me. Someone who wouldn't hide me or act like my body was just a commodity to them. So I showed up and I signed on the dotted line. The next thing I knew, he had up and vanished from Yellowstone River Valley, a nail in the coffin to our almost love story. No more what could have been. And his disappearance with no goodbye was the finality I needed as closure to move on with my life. But I saw his stupid, gorgeous face everywhere for a while. A painful reminder of the friend-turned-ass-hat enemy that had abandoned me. At first, he started popping up on all those stupid holiday baking competitions my mother loved to watch around this time of year. And those turned into Iron Chef competitions and wins that jump-started his career into celebrity chef status. Initially, it didn't bother me much because I understood his want to live his dream and forget me and his small town slow life in Montana. I had my own growing fame as a female bull rider, so for once, I felt like we were finally becoming equals. He wasn't the great Raphael Chevalier because I had become great in my own right. However, it felt like salt in an open bleeding wound when his career grew bigger and the devastation of my mother's death ended mine. 
I banned the Food Network from our home. Luckily, we couldn't afford cable now, making it easier not to have to explain why I never wanted to see Raph's face again. Even all these years later, my heart aches for that stupid, foolish young girl. I sit outside the sagebrush sip and saddle bar, drinking bourbon from my old worn flask. The flask he gave me on my 16th birthday. The metal flask wrapped in worn, genuine leather had so many exciting memories of us attached to it that I couldn't bring myself to part with it. While annoyed and frustrated by Raph's stunt of turning up out of the blue and telling me he'd hoped an angry bull trampled me, my heart was weighed down with grief about way worse realities I was too cowardly to face. I tossed my head back, taking a long swig of the last of the amber dark liquor in the flask, enjoying the burn down my throat as it set my body ablaze, warming me up on this snowy winter night. I couldn't even celebrate my last win of the year because after talking with my contact at the bank, we were still six months behind on the mortgage. And it'd be any day now before they'd be knocking on our door ready to foreclose on the ranch. I closed my eyes, nervously running my hands through my hair. A week away from Christmas, I had to figure out a way to tell my siblings that even though I'd be gone bull riding again, it just wasn't nearly enough. Anytime I tried to form the words or find my voice to tell them that we were going to lose our childhood home, and even worse, there be no Christmas gifts, it was like my tongue became heavy and too numb to form the words. Between paying Utah's medical bills, his wasted stints in rehab, and how our business waxed and waned after the pandemic, we just didn't have the funds to celebrate Christmas big like our mother loved to. Our mother loved Christmas, and I couldn't even keep that part of her memory alive due to the lack of money. I've never considered myself a lucky person, but just maybe a Christmas miracle would happen. (laughs) But who was I kidding? This wasn't some Hallmark movie. This was the shitty reality that I had to woman up and deal with. However, it'd have to wait until after I dealt with my asshole husband. I hop out of my old pickup truck, shocked by the biting cold wind of the winter night numbing my face. Not even all the alcohol in my system could keep me warm in this northwest cold front. At least, it'll provide me with the liquid courage needed to deal with Raph's bullshit. I step into the dimly lit western saloon-looking bar that our town's tourists loved, and I'm greeted with rounds of applause and loud cheers for my win. A younger me would have loved every second of the praise. But now it just felt empty, shallow, and superficial. The wins, the money, the praise, and the fame couldn't provide me with the supposed magic of Christmas. After forcing myself to navigate a few pleasantries with the bar's late night last call crowd, I weave through the warm bodies until I find myself staring at the wooden door of the bar's storage closet. I swing it open, coming face to face with one of my real life boogeymen, a six foot four, muscular, insanely sexy boogeyman, 
dressed head to toe in expensive dark jeans and a tight, thin sweater stretched across his bulging chest and poorly hiding all the new ink decorating his beautiful, smooth, golden copper skin. My mouth watered at his beauty, and my fingers itched to touch him. You took your sweet-ass time, cat, he states woodenly, his hand curling around my wrist and dragging me into the storage closet, conjuring up memories of simpler, funner times. Yeah, well, you're a real joy to be around. I couldn't wait to see you again, I sarcastically respond, wrenching my wrist from his grabs, having to put some space between us because my body was starved for his affection. Within seconds of being in proximity to Ralph, my panties were drenching wet and my clitoris tingled. What the fuck is wrong with me? I hated this man. So why did I feel such a strong sexual attraction to him? My nipples became so hard and so erect under my blouse and my breathing hitched in my throat any time he turned those bright green eyes in my direction. Those beautiful, angry green eyes burned holes into me where I stood in front of a tall shelf of industrial paper towels. A shelf he fucked me against many times, in many ways, in many positions, in the secret hideaway of ours. Sign the damn papers, Ralph coldly states, shoving a manila envelope in my hands. I let out a huff, taking the envelope and slinging it to the floor. Raph gives me a murderous glare, but I'm sick of his fucking bullshit. He gets in my face, turning his nose down on me and bites out. I don't have time for your bitch fits and tantrums, Yellowtail. I flew all the way out here to finish business. Now sign the damn papers and we can go back to pretending each other doesn't exist. Plus, I can't let your mountain of debt put me in the poorhouse. I've already been kind enough to pay some of your debt collectors. Now let me be free from you and your sad, pathetic, messy life. You have some fucking nerve coming here and looking down on me for my financial troubles. Is that why we were always secret friends, secret lovers, <laughs> fucking secret spouses? Because I was never rich or shiny enough to be seen on the arm of the heir of Chevalier Catalco turned celebrity. The reason we're still married is your fault. So don't come here acting like you have any right to be angry at me signed the papers after Vegas. You didn't actually file them, and you were so busy gallivanting around Los Angeles like some fucking hotshot man whore that you never even told me. I got investigated by the IRS because of you when there were discrepancies when I filed my taxes, so thanks for that. Plus, you being caught up in my financial issues is on fucking you. I refiled the divorce and served you the papers five years ago through certified mail, and you were the one who never signed them. So no, I'm not in a rush to sign the fucking papers this time and on your fucking terms. I scream at him, feeling hot tears spilling from my eyes. I was annoyed, tired, and fed up with everyone's bullshit. Katori, 
I was busy. I didn't have time to file or sign both times. I kept telling myself I'd do it tomorrow and tomorrow turned into months that turned into years. But now with my supposed bachelor status and my horny housewives fan base growing my career, I cannot have this marriage coming out and me looking like a cheating asshole because of some of my public hookups with actresses and models. I've had over this past decade of us not seeing each other. Raphael shouts, running his fingers through his hair and pacing across the floor out of agitation. I had 20 days from being served these papers to make my decision. So, I think we're done here. Raph, everyone else may dance to your music, but I don't. Not anymore. Fuck you, Raphael Chevalier. You can't just fly in and force my hand in this mess you fucking made. I have a lot of shit going on. Plus, there's no prenup. And it sounds like I have you right where I want you. So maybe I'll let you sweat a little bit instead of going away quietly. Jackass. I fling at him, scooping up the manila envelope and walking out the door. The bar is deserted when I make it back out to the front floor. The last of the crowd and even the staff have cleared out. For the first time today, I'm greeted by the much-needed silence to clear my mind. I toss the manila envelope with the divorce papers onto the shiny brown wooden bar top before going behind the bar and grabbing an ice-cold beer bottle. My buzz from the earlier booze started to wear off because of my argument with Raph, and I was in no mood to be sober. I pop the top off with the bottle opener under the bar, and take a long drink from the bottle, attempting to drown my fucking sorrows. Damn, that's refreshing and just what I needed to wash the terrible taste of having to discuss my past with wrath out of my mouth. I walked over to the jukebox, fishing around in my back pocket for some loose change. I place a quarter in the machine and select Last Christmas by Wham hoping Raphael hears it and knows the song is a good ballad to be the theme song for our shitty love story. I begin singing along loud and obnoxiously at the top of my lungs between chugs of beer. I twerk, twirl, and dance around the bar, trying to get into a better mood before leaving to go home. (laughs) I stumble a few times over my own feet. Tears run down my face as I bawl from everything I'm dealing with. Once I polish off the first beer, I head to the bar, deciding when I'm ready, I'll call a ride share to pick me up. I was going to drink to avoid my problems. Instead of grabbing a second beer, I opt for a bottle of Crown Royal, taking long sips right from the pour spout. Fuck the Chevaliers, and fuck Wrath most of all. I fish out a few more quarters from my pocket and choose the next five or so songs. Wham's Last Christmas begins to play again, bringing a goofy smile to my face. I was going to play that song until Raphael's ears bled. I had stayed clear of the sagebrush sip and saddle bar for 11 years. Since the day I signed the first set of divorce papers, (laughs) I laugh hysterically giving fate a one-finger salute, thinking about the irony of still being married to this asshat 11 years later and having him serve me another set of divorce papers in precisely the same place. 
I wandered toward the back of the bar, and that's when I spotted the one thing that always brings me solace and a sense of calm. It's not a real bull, but a mechanical one will do. I don't know if it's from all my movement, the anger flooding my veins, or if they have the heat set to the highest setting because of the snowy weather or the latter. All I know is I'm hot as fucking hell and the liquor is only making me warmer. I dance and sing along to Britney Spears' rendition of Last Christmas, losing first my boots and socks and next my pants on my way to the controls of the mechanical bull. I set it to the lowest setting, not wanting to add to the sky-high pile of endless medical bills with a broken wrist or arm for being thrown from the bull. It was better to be safe than sorry because with every sip of the Crown Royal, my head was beginning to feel fuzzier and fuzzier. I climbed into the pit where the mechanical bull is located, dancing around the inflatable mats, doing a little drunken sexy strip tease to myself as my shirt, thong, and bra join the rest of my clothes on the floor. Naked as a jaybird, I hop onto the mechanical bull, loving the sensation of the vibrations of that metal vibrating bull between my thighs. I love how free I feel at this moment as the mechanical bull gently rocks and swings me around. Katori fucking Yellowtail, what the fuck do you think you're doing? A loud, angry, booming voice shouts at me as Raph nears me. He swings his head back, his mouth falling open in shock. Raph's eyes darken to a beautiful, deep forest green that are filled with lust as he drinks in my naked body, gyrating on top of the mechanical bull. He swallows hard, his cheeks flushing, as he stands as still as a statue, lost for words. I throw my head back in laughter, drowning out Britney Spears bellowing the words to Wham's Last Christmas. Ralph furrows his eyebrows deep in thought, and for a second, as silly as it is, my heart slowly breaks at the thought of him rejecting a sexual advance for me for the first time in my life. I allow a smile to creep back on my face as he gives me a cocky smirk, knowing even after all these years, I still want to taste and to be loved by him. Raph takes a strip of condoms from his wallet and tosses them into the pit with the mechanical bull. I begin to put a show on for him by running my hands around the front of my body, caressing the mounds of my breasts, pinching and tugging on my sensitive nipples until I moan in pleasure and nibbling my bottom lip as I rock back and forth on the brown leather saddle on the back of the mechanical bull. Raphael sucks in a loud audible breath, loudly mumbling, always a fucking cock tease, Yellowtail. I, I laugh aloud, enjoying the floor show he puts on for me. Raph whips his shirt over his head, taking his time to remove his jeans and boxers. Even though during our past hookups, Raph has had a front row seat to me riding this mechanical bull naked. This would be the first time he joined me in this filthy fantasy of being fucked on this mechanical bull. The gorgeous Raph Chevalier approaches me, stroking his big, thick erection. 
He is so damn sexy standing in front of me, rubbing himself. His neck, chest, and arms heavily tattooed. I swear his muscles have grown muscles. He's so fucking jacked that it's causing me to salivate at the mouth. Damn, cat, you're still so fucking sexy with those perfect pretty titties and round juicy ass of yours. If I get up there, I'm going to fuck you hard, girl. You'll be bouncing on my dick, begging me to let you come and willing to do whatever the fuck I ask. Raphael growls at me, working his dick with his fists. Raph doesn't make a move, just watching and admiring as my tits bounce in a circle while I grind down on the leather saddle of a mechanical bull. His eyes meet mine with a silent plea, begging for me to let him know with words that I want him to join in on my find. Hmm, should I let him join or watch him squirm as I play with my wet, hot pussy? Torturing him with what he's been missing this past decade. Even if I want to make Raph miserable, I want his dick more than anything. Especially if it means fulfilling my fantasy of getting fucked on this damn mechanical bull. Get the fuck over here and let me ride you. I want you to fuck me rough, Raph. I drunkenly giggle, watching as he sheaves his big, thick, hard erection with the condom. Raph hops on behind me, his warm, tall, muscular, naked frame flush against my small, petite body. He tightly wraps my long, dark hair around his fist, yanking my head back and exposing the column of my neck to him. I feel the hot, wet flick of Raphael's tongue along my neck as a zing to my throbbing clitoris. He licks his way slowly from my neck to the shell of my ear causing me to shiver and my hot, wet, needy pussy to clench, aching to be filled with his big, thick dick. He kisses his way down from the tip of my ear to the lobe, sucking, nipping, and licking it before peppering my neck with soft kisses until he reaches that sensitive sweet spot, biting down and sucking it until I loudly moan. He lets my hair go, his big, strong hands traveling around my body to cup the fullness of my breasts, pinching and rolling my oh-so-hard and oh-so-erect nipples between his middle and index fingers. His hands, coupled with the vibrating sensation of the mechanical bull rocking us back and forth and around and around in a slow circle, is torturous and unbearable, feeling so fucking good. I grind down on the saddle, enjoying the friction against my swollen, overly sensitive clitoris as Raphael toys with my nipples. Raph tugs on my left nipple before letting go of it, his hand lazily traveling down until his thumb massages my clitoris. His fingers slip lower, gently scissoring my wet folds, making me toss my head back as a throaty moan of hunger escapes my lips. So fucking horny for me, cat. Your pussy is drenched and ready to take a ride on my dick, darling. Raph's deep baritone voice tickles my ear, 
Without any warning, Raph's hands grab me by the waist, lifting me off the bull and flips me around mid-air before impelling me on the long, hard length of his dick. The pleasurable pain hurts so damn good as he forces his way inside of me, shocking my senses, causing my breath to hitch in my throat. Oh, fuck. I feel so fucking full. I groan out closing my eyes as I enjoy the delicious way my pussy stretches around Raph's massive cock as he fills me to the hilt. Hold on tight, Yellowtail, Raph demands. I open my eyes, wrapping my arms around his neck. He slaps both of his hands across my ass, grabbing two full hands of ass cheeks as he lifts me up and down on his dick, setting a punishing rhythm as he fucks me. Damn, I love it when he bucks into me. Every single one of his thrusts fueled with every emotion he feels for me. Right now, it's pure fucking hate and rage for my defiance of not dancing to his music and signing those stupid divorce papers. He's dicking me down and dirty, taking his anger out on my pussy with each stroke of his cock. I fucking love it. I know all the buttons to push to get my husband to fuck my brains out. I use his shoulders for leverage to meet his hips thrust for thrust, leaning forward and kissing his mouth hard, our tongues tangling in a chaotic dance of power. The movement of the mechanical bull gently rocks my body against rafts on every downward motion, allowing his dick to massage my G-spot perfectly as my clitoris bumps against his pelvis bone. Every rise and fall of our bodies elicits a groan from my throat as my soppy, wet pussy quivers around him. Breaking our kiss, Raph asses, you like that? You like it when I pound your pussy? I don't just like it. I fucking love it. You can fuck me harder than this, can't you, Chevalier? I retort frantically as he rucks into me with all his strength, bouncing me on his dick harder and faster, making me dig my nails into his back until I draw blood to keep from falling off the bull as it twirls and bucks us around. Wrath massages and kneads my ass cheeks as I switch up our stride. I swivel my hips from side to side, slowly taking my time rising and falling on his dick. We moan into each other's mouths from the amazing feeling of his dick, slowly trailing against what feels like every nerve ending of my hot, wet pussy. Raph pulls me harder against his body, thrusting into me hard, fast, and erratically. I allow my hips to chase his, meeting his rhythm as I feel my orgasm begin to build. I keggle his dick tightly, clamping down on him in a death grip, tossing back my head, screaming my climax at the top of my lungs as ecstasy hits me wave after wave. Raph grabs my ass cheeks, pushing me back and forth across his hips before pounding into my pussy a few more times. The shouting of his sexual release aloud quickly follows these last chaotic actions. I lay slumped against Raph's shoulder, blitzed out and overcome with emotions as my heartbeat tries to calm down. 
My body begins to shake and uncontrollable sobs are wrenched from my body as tears cascade down my face. Shh, shh, baby. I promise I'll take care of you. It'll be okay. You've been drinking and a lot has happened today. I'll get you home, cat. Raph whispers in my ear, kissing away my tears. He gently lifts me off his body, my pussy clutching around the emptiness, my clammy body feeling a cold gust of wind from the absence of his hot, naked body wrapped around mine. Raph hops off the bull, taking me in his arms as I ugly cry against him. I feel my body shake with the rage of his promises. Empty promises that Raph would never fulfill. Promises he uses as a careless device to comfort me and stop my tears. Raph wasn't going to take care of me in the way I needed, nor be my Christmas miracle. He was only another complication, especially since I didn't think I'd survive if he walked out of my life again, because making love with Raph felt more like coming home than any bull riding competition or my actual home at the dream catcher bed and breakfast. I'm jolted awake by the loud blaring of an alarm coming from somewhere in the room. I groan into my pillow, my heart racing and my pussy aching from the sexiest dream I've had in a while, if ever. My head feels heavy, sore, and like I've had my skull kicked in by a bucking bronco. I toss a pillow over my head, hoping that the Sandman will allow me to fall back to sleep and continue to dream about being fucked stupid on a mechanical bull. I snuggle further into my flannel sheets, not wanting to leave the comfort of my bed. Mom can handle it, I murmur to myself. As my eyes flutter shut, I feel a sharp pain in my chest, like someone's taken a sledgehammer to my heart. Fuck! I rip the sheets from my body, peering down at myself, realizing I'm dressed in an oversized foreign shirt that's not my own. Shit! My dreams were so vivid, but the shirt even smells like him. Raphael's distinctive comforting scent of bergamot and citrus has this funny power over my body. One whiff of it has my clitoris tingling and my skin feeling heated. The world tilts and turns under my feet as I stand too quickly. My mouth tastes sour. My stomach churns as I feel the consequences of a night of bad decisions set in. Waves of nausea ripple through me as I feel the bile rise at the back of my throat. A god-awful reminder as to why it's never a good idea to find solace at the bottom of a bottle. The reality sets in that my mother isn't here to handle it. Utah hasn't been home in weeks, and even if he weren't somewhere shooting opiates into his veins, he'd be so high off his ass he wouldn't be able to help me with the kids anyway. The heavy weight of the world falls on my shoulders now. The responsibility of caring for four kids is my burden alone. Unfortunately, I no longer have the luxury of sleeping in late and having sex dreams about a man who's no good for me. I snatch my phone off the nightstand and my heart lurches. Damn, I have less than half an hour to get them fed 
dressed and on the school bus. I launch into panic mode, rushing from my bedroom and screaming all of their names, but no one responds. I rub my throbbing temples between my pointer fingers, trying to ease the horrific pain of nursing a hangover. Hopefully, the twins, being the oldest and juniors in high school, at least helped by getting the two youngest ready for school. Ha! Who am I kidding? I wouldn't hold my breath. Teenagers could be the worst sometimes. But it's not like it were their responsibility to see after our youngest siblings. It's mine, and I recklessly didn't prioritize them when I made my decision to get drunk off my ass last night. Tazana, Tojo, Shania, Kaya, where are you? You only have a few minutes before the bus comes. You all better be dressed and in the kitchen for breakfast, I yell at the top of my lungs, dodging shoes and dirty laundry in the hallway as I make my way to the kitchen. I freeze a few feet away from the doorway of the kitchen, hearing laughter and excitement, something that's become an alien sound in this household since my mother died. The kids were actually happy about something? Maybe on one of the rare occasions, Utah had turned up sober and was making them breakfast. Not wanting to intrude on their joy, having to be the forever bad guy and break up their fun, I slowly pad into the kitchen. My mouth hits the fucking floor when I take in the sight before me. The memories of the night before make me feel lightheaded as they come back to me. This morning's memories weren't reminiscences of a dream, but a reality. In a drunken stupor, I had fucked Raphael Chevalier, my estranged husband, on a fucking mechanical bull in one of his family's bars, Sagebrush Sip and Saddlebar, our secret special hideaway. Now, he stood before me in our kitchen, serving up the fluffiest looking waffles, the best smelling bacon, and making my mouth water with his sexy, muscle-toned, tattooed abdomen on display. I looked around the kitchen in amazement. Tocho, my younger brother and one of the twins, grins from ear to ear, hanging on to every word about the LA Lakers Raph shares with him as they bicker over player stats. My 13-year-old sister Shania sits timidly and acts coy as she silently eats her breakfast. Tazana, my pain-in-the-ass 16-year-old sister and Tocho's twin, gives Raph heart eyes and secretly records him in our kitchen as he helps Kaya, the youngest and 10-year-old, cut her waffle into tiny pieces so she can eat it easier. Watching Raph with Kaya feels like a heavy boulder has fallen into the pit of my stomach breaking me from my trance and pushing me into action. Taz, fucking delete the video now or I'll take your phone. I snap over her shoulder, startling her. She pouts, huffing at me and protesting. But, but, it's Raphael Chevalier in our house. He's a celebrity. It's not every day we have a famous guest at the Dreamcatcher who gets turned around and ends up in our kitchen. Ignoring her protest, I angrily snatched the phone from her hands, deleting the video. Yes, this is fucking dope. He let me take a picture with him. All my friends are going to be jealous. Raphael Chevalier fixed us breakfast. He's a legend at our high school. Tocho pipes with the biggest grin on his face. A smile I hadn't seen in years. It disappeared after Utah's accident, and I never thought 
he'd smile again when our big brother, whom Tocho Hero Worship, chose his addiction over us. I give him a small back, ignoring Raphael's burning gaze on the back of my neck, tugging at an invisible string of sexual desire connected to my nipples and my clit. I cross my arms over my chest to hide my rock-hard nipples and ignore the wetness pulling between my thighs. Raphael is the only man on the planet whose presence gets me hot, horny, and bothered. I glance down at my phone and there are only 15 minutes left for them to get to the bus stop or they'll be late for school. Tocho and Taz, you have 10 minutes before the bus comes for y'all. I need your help getting Kaya to our neighbors for the carpool. Shania, I'm sure Lydia is already in the driveway waiting for you to catch a ride. I announce. My words elicit annoyed groans and huffs as they disperse from the kitchen, saying their goodbyes to wrath. I begin cleaning up their half-eaten plates, waiting for the sound of the last footsteps and the final slam of the front door before I unleash my anger on Raphael. What the fuck are you doing here? Did you spend the night? I can't have you walking around half-fucking-naked with two teen girls in the house, I shout at him. His eyes narrowing into furious slits as I toss plates and cutlery into the sink. Raph stalks towards me, invading my personal space, trying to intimidate me, but I don't back down, turning my heated glare in his direction. The air between us hangs heavily and suffocating with a tension that seems to transcend time. I'm sure you can't recall, Kat, but I brought your drunk ass home. How about, thanks, Raph, for making sure I got home safe, and a Thank you so much, Raph, for making sure my brother and sisters were fed and ready for the day, he retorts, the fury in his eyes turning to lust as his eyes drop to my hard, erect nipples on full display in, apparently, his shirt. The temperature in the kitchen skyrockets as the sexual energy crackles in the room around us. Whoever said there's a thin line between love and hate didn't tell a lie. He hauls me to his body, lifting me off the ground by the waist before slamming his mouth to mine in a lust-filled, passionate kiss. I wrap my arms around his neck, his hands traveling to grab my ass, sitting me on top of the kitchen counter. I spread my legs wide, encircling him between my thighs, hooking my legs around his waist, pulling him so close to my body that no one would be able to tell where my body begins and his ends. The ambiance of the kitchen becomes a blend of desire and defiance as we fight to dominate each other with our entangled mouths. It's as if an irresistible force is pulling us together, despite the feeling of confusion that whirls in my heart or the multitude of emotional wreckage surrounding our brittle connection to one another. Raphael holds my head in place by the nape of my neck, delving his tongue past my lips, kissing me like a long-lost lover who has finally found his way home to me. We make out like two hormonal teenagers behind the bleachers. There's a magnetic pull between us. It's energy fueled by an undeniable chemistry that always draws us back to one another. No matter how many miles we put between us or how many nameless partners we bet it, we have an undeniable chemistry that refuses to be extinguished. Not even distance could dampen the attraction we feel for each other. With every touch of our lips, every strand of hair he fisses, every nip to his lips I make, 
It was as if each desire-filled caress was our way of attempting to erase the scars of our shared traumatic history. Raph deepened our kiss, kissing me like a man possessed, trying to make me surrender and bend to his will and request to dominate my body. The taste of wrath on my lips is bittersweet, a blend of forbidden desires and future regrets. Raph breaks our kiss, his eyes boring into mine, unguarded in a window to his soul of unspoken words and emotions he never willingly shared with me. This one loving gaze encased in hatred made my body feverishly crave his dick like I might die if he didn't fuck me at this moment. Raph drags his shirt over my head, my nipples growing harder and more erect under his gaze. He buries his face in the valley of my tits, licking the tops of them and nipping and sucking my nipples into his mouth until I'm delirious. He drags his tongue down my tummy, holding my thighs wide as he gets down on his knees in front of me, his beautiful green eyes captivating me making everything around us cease to exist and melt away in this moment. I'm starving, Katori, and I can't wait to eat your delicious pussy for breakfast. Raph states his hot breath, whispering across my clitoris, causing me to moan aloud as if he touched it. He licks me from root to tip, suckling the aching nub between my thighs into his mouth as he stretches my pussy with two of his fingers. He swirls his tongue around the clit while finger fucking me in a delicious come hither motion that has me panting, writhing, and flinging my head back, only able to hyper focus on the pleasure he's bringing my body. I place my hand against the back of his head, burying his face deeper into my pussy, Loving the sensation he creates when he groans around my clitoris, sending a shiver down my spine. He laps at my pussy juices, slurping up my desire as I grow wetter and wetter from his phenomenally skillful tongue and fingers. I feel my orgasm building, my pussy clenching around his fingers, but before I can get there, Ralph pulls away, leaving me teetering on the precipice of pleasure. Quickly, he unsnaps and pulls down his jeans, freeing his big, thick erection that's a deep shade of red, stiff and ready to sink balls deep into my aching pussy. I wrap my legs around his waist as he rips open the foil of a condom from his back pocket. I use my feet to push his hips toward me, letting out a hiss from between clenched teeth at how amazing just the tip of his dick feels at the entrance of my hot, wet, needy pussy. You're my needy little dirty girl, aren't you, cat? Willing to do anything to fill my dick inside of you? Raph teases, placing a small distance between us to quickly roll the condom onto his dick that twitches in his hand. He grabs me hard by the throat, taking my right hip roughly into his grasp as he slides his dick into me hard, eliciting a moan from my mouth. I feel so fucking full and satisfied as my pussy strangles his dick. In unison, we both let out a loud sigh of ecstasy. Raph's hand 
tightens around my neck, lightly placing pressure on the outer side of my throat, gently choking me, forcing me to look into his eyes as he pounds into my pussy, hard and fast. The only sound in the room are our moans and grunts of pleasure, flesh slapping against flesh, and the rattling of kitchen drawers as he fucks me deep and thoroughly. You love the way I fuck you, cat. You can't get enough of my dick. No one can fuck you the way I can. I want to hear you say it, Raphael grunts, removing his hand from my hip and lifting my right leg onto his shoulder, slightly swiveling my body to the side so I can feel his dick deeper. He's so fucking deep. It's like I can feel him in my stomach and I fucking love the pleasurable pain of his dick tapping my cervix. Fuck you, I respond, unwilling to give him the answer he wants to hear. His hand tightens slightly on my throat and his pace slows down as he drags his dick tauntingly out of me, teasing my hull, only making shallow strokes at the entrance, driving me absolutely fucking insane. Say it, cat, or I won't let you come. Only good girls get rewarded. Raph says, pinning me in place with his hand on my throat and leg, rendering me in a submissive position as he leisurely fucks in and out of me, slamming into me hard and withdrawing slowly. He does this repeatedly, causing me to sweat and slowly breaking my resolve. My pussy aches and I can't reach my clitoris to bring myself to orgasm without him. Fuck. I want your dick, Raph. No one fucks me like you do. I love your dick, asshat. I scream at him, frustrated. He gives me a smirk. Raph withdraws completely, my pussy clenching around emptiness. He lets go of my throat and demands, roll onto your back. Without hesitation, I roll onto my back, the cool granite of the kitchen counter feeling amazing against my clammy flush skin. Raph drags my ass to the edge of the counter, slapping it before placing both ankles on his shoulders. He repositions his dick at my entrance and slams into me, making me yelp at the way his massive cock stretches my pussy wide, bucking into me. I arch my back when his thumb begins to circle my clitoris, which is beating in tandem with my heart. He swirls my wetness around my clit before slapping it. I yelp from the pain, my body catching on fire before I'm hit with the aftermath of pleasure as it tingles from his touch. He strokes my overly sensitive clit before slapping it again, making me moan in pleasure, my pussy squeezing around his dick. He does this repeatedly until I'm screaming his name at the top of my lungs, begging him to make me come. He begins to rub my clit faster with two fingers back and forth in a windshield wiper motion as he fucks me harder and faster. My orgasm quickly builds, my breathing becoming erratic in short pants. I begin to tug on my nipples as my titties bounce up and down with every one of Raph's hard thrust into my pussy. My orgasm tears through me, shattering me into pieces as I grunt out inherent words and sing high notes of ecstasy like I'm competing with Ariana Grande. 
I love watching you calm, baby. You're fucking beautiful, Raph mutters. I barely hear his praise as I float out of my body, as he fucks into me hard until he's holding me in place as he grunts out his own climax. Raph folds me in half, his dick still buried deep inside of me, and my legs on his shoulder as we both catch our breath. After a couple of moments, when the afterglow evaporates, I open my eyes and begin to calm to my senses. I push hard against Raphael's body and he slides his dick out of me. His face flushed with two red marks slashed across his cheeks as his eyes connect with my swollen pussy, enjoying the view of a mixture of our sexual release oozing out of me. I sit up quickly sliding off the kitchen counter and bumping past him so hard that he lets out a loud oomph, oomph, practically tripping on his jeans around his ankles. I find his shirt, slipping it quickly over my head, hating him but myself even more for losing all control and misplacing my brain cells any time he comes into contact with me. Allowing his stupidly handsome face and talented monster dick to control me. Each uncontrollable stolen moment of passion between us becoming a rebellion against the walls I've built around my heart as a defense against the Raphael Chevalier charm. Gaining composure, I turn to face him. Watching him pull up his jeans, he eyes me smugly, making my blood boil. I open my mouth to rip him a new asshole, but his words stop me in my tracks when he questions. How come you didn't tell me your mother died? Or call me when Utah had his accident and broke his back while trying to break in a new horse. Damn it. I really needed to have a conversation with my brother and sisters about not oversharing our family business. My back goes ramrod straight every muscle of my body tensing under Raphael's stare. Raphael has always taken frenemy to a new level, so I try to size him up. Yet, the only time I can read his emotions is when his dick is buried inside of me and he's too blitzed out from pleasure to guard his expression. But now, resuming our standoff in the kitchen, he has his guard up like a chess grandmaster, anticipating my every move and countering with strategic precision. I can't give him more ammunition for manipulation than he already has on me. What would it have mattered? All roads would have ended here with me working tirelessly to keep everything afloat. <laughs> You've never been a white knight, so don't act like you would have left your newfound fame and orgies with bimbos to fly back here to bumfuck nowhere to help me raise four kids and pay bills, I exclaim, calling him out on his bullshit, not giving him the opportunity to lure me into a false sense of security. Dios mio, Katori. You think I'm that shallow and heartless, Raph bellows, slamming his fist on the counter, startling me and causing me to practically jump out of my skin. Raphael was Mexican and French and slipped between both languages only when he allowed his anger to get the best of him. He was extremely pissed at this moment, his golden copper skin tone turning an angry red like a chili pepper. Raphael, you don't even come into town to visit your own mother and father. 
You ran away from your responsibilities at the first opportunity, leaving them for your younger brothers to figure out. Your track record is proof enough. You're not dependable. I respond, rubbing the bridge of my nose, feeling the beginning of a tension headache. I saw the piles of unpaid bills and late notices. I've received calls from the creditors. You haven't told me, but it has to be really bad if you're willing to get back on a bull and risk your life with your siblings depending on you. I can help you if you let me, Raphael says, making my stomach burn with unease at his statement. What? You'll help me out of debt in return for the divorce? I ask skeptically as the knot in my stomach tightens. A smirk crosses Raph's beautiful face as he shrugs and says, As a start, I may want more, but we can discuss the terms and conditions once you let me know your decision and if you want my help. That's the thing about Raphael Chevalier. All of them, in fact. They were notorious for holding favors over people's heads. That's how they had such a powerful name in our town and were admired as astute and hostile business people. You don't make that much money by being fair in your business dealings. But I was tired and desperate. Raphael was the predator, and I was his prey. I'm boxed in the corner, destitute and in need of a Christmas miracle to save our home and family business, and not allow this to be a depressing holiday because of our financial hardships. The kids had been through a lot already, but I didn't know if I could trust Raphael. He always let me down in the past. Hope was truly eternal because a piece of me wanted Raph to be the real deal. However, this was uncharted territory, a different Raph than the one I used to know, and I didn't know if he'd become a better or worse man. I saw each one of my siblings' faces in my head as I weighed my options. Would his ability and means to help me out of this dire situation be enough for me to willingly get in bed with Raphael without fully understanding or knowing the fine print of this bargain with this handsome devil? <laughs> so, listeners, what should Katori Yellowtail do? Take a chance on the deal that will be the answer to all of her problems. So, at least it seems. Or is it not worth her making a deal with the devil, her hot, estranged husband that keeps her under his spell with his demon dick? Join my Patreon for early access to part two of A Buck Wild Christmas to hear what happens next. Feel free to follow me on social media, slide in my DMs, and tell me what you would do if you were in Katori's shoes. Until next time, ta-ta for now. Oh, so hot and sexy bedtime stories from Lala's Bedtime Bedtime. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Erotic Tale. For more erotic stories, sex tips, love advice, and sexual education, check out lalasbedtimetales.com and add me on Instagram for more erotic and sensual content. Lala's Bedtime Tales. Please comment and share your fave sexy bedtime stories with erotica enthusiasts like you and me. Ta-ta until next time, sexies.